Well, welcome back to another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast. As we try to make sense of what happened Saturday at Ohio Stadium between Purdue and Ohio State, the Mighty Buckeyes, as Ohio State won the game 59-31. to Lots of points. Not much defense, but lots of points. Uh, so... You know, Purdue, in the in the big picture of it all, this was a game that had very little meaning for Purdue from a uh, Big Ten West perspective, from a uh, Big Ten championship game perspective. Uh, y- yes, a win over the Buckeyes would have vaulted them up in the college football playoff rankings even more, but... Other than that, getting them to nine wins, uh, really, there was there wasn't a lot on the line for Purdue, and so similar to how they played some of these other games where they just played relaxed and all the pressure was on the other team. But here's my two takeaways from this game and how it unfolded, and I, I, I and I believe these two things to be true. And, it, and if you watch the game, you may not agree with number one, but that's okay. Purdue has a good defense. It, it didn't show up today, and the reason it didn't show up today will will have to do a little bit with my number two reason here. But Purdue has a good defense. They've had a good defense all year. They got picked apart by a really good offense today. You know, in my grading of the Boilermakers, I gave Purdue an F for the performance. But the year, they've been a B, B plus, sometimes A type of defense most of the year. They've they've carried they carried this team for a long time before its offenses. Got it. Got itself figured out. So Purdue still has a good defense. I believe that will be proven over the next two games, in part because they're not playing Ohio State and its offense. They're playing two offensively challenged teams with Northwestern and Indiana. So I I, I think their defense is fine. It was not fine today. It was not good today. There were some breakdowns in the secondary that were troubling but again who you face when you face them has a lot to do with it the number two thing that I was going to bring up is I I think the biggest compliment that Purdue can take out of this game is that Ohio State took it seriously they took the Boilermakers seriously, and it showed. The focus that they had on offense from the very beginning uh, was was right there. They had all their weapons. They had their three talented receivers uh, all there, and they combined for like 28 catches, 350 yards. But they took Purdue seriously. Now, you can go back through the history of this series between Purdue and Ohio State, and look at the games that Purdue has won, for the most part, Ohio State didn't take them seriously for whatever reason. You go back to 2018. 
I don't think Ohio State took Purdue seriously, even though Purdue had won three in a row going into that game. And after an 0-3 start, but I don't think Ohio State took took Purdue seriously that day. You go back to 2009 when Purdue was one and five, and they came to Ross State Stadium, and Ryan Kerrigan beat the Buckeyes by himself. And there's been other games that you could, you know, you could tell that Ohio State just did, just did not take Purdue seriously for a variety of reasons. The record. You know, the type of play that they had seen, they just did not take him seriously. It doesn't mean Purdue didn't earn those victories because they did. But in this game, Ohio State had to take Purdue seriously because they had watched them beat Iowa on the road. They had watched them beat Michigan State a week ago and put up a bunch of points and a bunch of yards. They had watched them beat Nebraska, a a team that just a week ago Ohio State struggled with. So they had no other choice but to take Purdue seriously. And when they did that, and and when they were focused all week in practice and when they got out to the game, I think that really showed. I just think that they they were pretty much spot on offensively all day and Purdue could not get to the quarterback Ohio State couldn't get to O'Connell either but I just think Ohio State took this game as seriously as it could as it did because this was the start of their their stretch run to make the college football playoff it it needed the Buckeyes needed to show that they're they're a dominant team. They should be one of the top four. And to beat a team that the committee just put in the rankings at number 19 kind of validates their what they did today, I think. It's like, okay, you're going to put that team in at number 19, you're going to put Purdue in at number 19, then we're going to, you know, we're going to be focused to beat them. Because Ohio Ohio State, all they're going to play the rest of the way are ranked teams from the college football playoff poll. Michigan State next week, Michigan after that, uh, and then likely Wisconsin uh, in the Big Ten championship game. But it was the biggest compliment I think Purdue could take out of this is that Ohio State brought its A game for a reason. Because they didn't want to fall victim to an upset to Purdue, and and I, that's a positive that Purdue can take out of that. It's more of a big picture thing that you know Ohio State felt the need it had to take Purdue seriously to win this game. It couldn't just half-ass it and win the game because of Purdue's offense and the way that Purdue's defense has played throughout the year. And again, Purdue still has a good defense. It will have a good defense these next two games. Uh, and they'll get back to who who they've been for most of the year. Um, it's just that every team that plays Ohio State has the same issues, the same troubles. Uh, you know, just defending all those weapons. And, you know, the lack of team speed on Purdue's side was noticeable 
in this game. Uh, you know, guys were running free. Uh, there seemed to be some confusion or some breakdowns, or I, I more credited to Ohio State's scheme and route running where receivers were just wide open behind behind the play. Now, you know, I, I, Purdue drilled this. They coached it. They, they taught it all all week. So Purdue will say there, there were breakdowns, and there probably were, that guys didn't do the right thing. You know, they didn't, you know, what they saw they didn't react to or they they thought they saw something and it, and it wasn't there. But regardless, I, I thought that uh, Ohio State uh, did a really good job of putting Purdue, putting pressure on Purdue in the secondary uh, to make plays, and they, it just didn't happen. Uh, so... But this is a game that the Purdue defense just can flush and move on uh, and get, you know, and get ready for Northwestern. Nothing really has changed from Purdue's standpoint other than whatever faint hopes were you were holding on to win the Big Ten West are gone, and that really probably ended, not all the way, but somewhat ended when uh, Wisconsin beat Northwestern to, uh, earlier today, although Nebraska does go to Wisconsin next week, where the Huskers probably have more of a chance of beating Wisconsin than uh, than Northwestern did. So, I mean, there was still a scenario out there that, that Purdue would won, and then you know Wisconsin and Minnesota would lose a game, and that Purdue could maybe sneak in there and win the West, but. You know that that's not that's probably not going to happen now. They 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 might be able to tie for it now, but they're not going to be the representative in the Big Ten title game. But still, plenty to play for for Purdue. Now, offensively, Purdue was good today, other than the the, the turnover on the fumble, which uh, Jeff Brom said that was going to be a a, a trick play, a throwback to the quarterback because uh, Jack Plummer was in the game at that point. Uh, to come in and uh, people, at least people on social media, started criticizing the whole multi-quarterback thing. But I, it appeared just based on what I was able to see live and then what I saw on a TV replay that uh, you know King Drew dropped the handoff or wasn't expecting the handoff. Uh, one of those two things. Anyway, the play blew up. Ohio State recovered. The next play, boom, they run for 57 yards and, uh, and a touchdown. And the other thing with Ohio State's offense is they got their running game going today. And uh, that, uh, Purdue, you know, Purdue just can't deal with both. There's not many teams out there that can deal with both. Maybe Georgia, maybe Alabama. Uh, you know, I'd be curious if Michigan State can deal with both or Michigan can deal with both. Uh, but they got their running game going, 263 yards on the ground, and that was it, Purdue just they, they had to make it one-dimensional. They didn't, they they couldn't let their running game get going, and it did. And you know, it was it was it was just a, a avalanche of flat effect on Purdue. But back to the offense, the fumble was was huge because it's a 14-7 game at that point, and if Purdue can score on that drive, it's tied at 14. Then you're in a back and forth game. Then you have to match them. Point for point, but once they got ahead, uh, you know, once Purdue 
got it served, broke it, so to speak. Uh, Ohio State just kind of laid the wood to them. And Purdue just could not get an answer enough uh, until the second half. And, you know, they ripped off 28 consecutive points. You had a, you had a fumble on a kickoff that the wind probably played a factor in that. And then Jackson Anthrop didn't field it properly. And then, boom, two plays later, they score. So they had, they had some short fields to deal with. Um, and that put stress on the defense. You know, the first, first, third, first drive of the game started at Purdue's 39 yard line because of a 16 yard punt by Jack Ansel. Uh, he was punting into the wind, and he shanked it. And that just complicated things right there. Uh, so it was, you know, Purdue's defense got put in a bad position certain at certain drives, and then the other drives, they were just put in a bad position by Ohio State's offense. Uh, they're that good, but you can't, you can't, give a team like that the kind of breaks that it got today you know those are the breaks that Purdue needed to, to be in the game and to have a chance they needed a, a 16 yard punt they needed to get field position at the 39 they needed to get turnovers they needed all these things to happen for them that have happened over the last several weeks allowed them to beat Iowa allowed them to beat Michigan State allowed them to beat Nebraska so but they didn't they didn't get any of that, and they couldn't create any of those things on their own, and that's why you get beat 59 to 31. Um, but the, the offense for Purdue, I think, took a took a step forward. And I know some of you say, "Well, that's you know garbage time." They're down by 28 points, and Ohio State's not taking it seriously. Well, if Ohio State wasn't taking it seriously. Why was their number one defense still in the game in the second half and throughout most of the second half? Uh, you know, Purdue, yeah, they, they probably played softer coverage. I'll give you that. Uh, but, you know, they're, they, they, they didn't, they don't want to give up 31 points to Purdue. Because that's a, that's a, that's not a good look for them. That's not a good look for them to, to give up 31 points to Purdue. When people just see the score, let's say a 59 to 31, wow, defense must not be any good. And, you know, if there's a weakness on their team, it's the defense, and it's the young secondary. But Purdue had a field day with them, uh, throwing the ball and moving the ball. Purdue got some rushing yardage the second half. Again, second half, uh, when the game was a little bit out of reach. But I felt like the offense maintained and kept its momentum that it it had built over the last several games, uh, where Aiden O'Connell is still in a groove. Uh, he wasn't sacked at all today, which really surprises me based on the defensive line from Ohio State. Uh, you know, Ohio State came into the game leading the country in sacks. They had 34, and 29 and a half of those had come from the defensive line. So they, they get pressure with their front four. They don't, they don't, they don't need to blitz a whole lot because their front four will get the job done most times. But, for O'Connell not to get sacked, that's a credit to the offensive line. The offensive line has been maligned this year because Purdue can't run the ball effectively, and they still need upgrades. There's no question about that. Uh, they still need to be better running the ball, but in pass protection, uh, this offensive line has held up over the last half of the year. Now, some you know, not all sacks are because the offensive line didn't do its job. 
as we all know, O'Connell does hold on to the ball too long. But even when he held on to the ball too long Saturday, it didn't result in a sack because the offensive line had done its job. So I think actually Purdue took a step forward offensively today, and I think they're in a prime position now to, to finish this season, finish the regular season on a pretty high note from an offensive standpoint uh, and really feel good about what they're doing and you know and how they're doing it heading into whatever bowl game that they may play in. Because, uh, you, you know, you get these next two you got to think in the next two weeks, if you can put up 20 to 25 points on Northwestern and Indiana, that you're going to be in good shape because I don't think any one of those teams can score 20 to 25 points. I mean, it would take a boatload of turnovers and giving up big plays for that to happen. But uh, Purdue will be should be favored in its last two games. Uh, and the you know and the ability to close out with two wins, uh, you get to the eight win mark, and you're going to get a good bowl game. Um, and, and to be honest, I didn't I didn't think this team could win would win eight games this year. Still may not, but I'm just saying they're in position to to win eight. I, I didn't think they would get I didn't think they would get to that mark. Things would have to break well for them to do that. Um, because the schedule was 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 tough, was difficult. But you know, you beat you beat Iowa. You didn't know what Michigan State was going to be. You had to go on the road to Nebraska. You knew you had to go to Ohio State. Uh, you had Notre Dame. Uh, they kind of did what they needed to do early with splitting with Minnesota and Illinois. Although they need to they needed to win both those games. You know, they beat beat a good Oregon State team at the beginning, but still. You know, I thought six wins would be the high water mark, or around six, maybe get to seven. Uh, but you know, they got an opportunity to get eight, and that, that's significant uh, this year. In, in what I thought this year, it needed it needed to end with a bowl game. It needed to end with at least six wins and go into a bowl game. And Purdue will do that, but how will they go into that bowl game? Will they go in at seven and five, eight and uh, eight four, or will they go in at six and six? It would yes, it would be disappointing at this stage if Purdue went in six and six, and probably a little disappointing if they go in seven and five. To be honest, based on who they're playing now, the whole Wrigley Field game, who knows how that is going to affect the things on Saturday, where you know you're playing in a baseball stadium, playing in a uh, historic venue like that, so. You know who knows how that will happen, and or what will happen with that. Northwestern is not can't be is not bowl eligible, at least from getting six wins standpoint. I guess the APR could come into fact if they would somehow be five and seven, but you know that's 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 for down the line. But um, again, Purdue Purdue still has a good defense, and I think I think Purdue took Ohio State's best shot today, and. And I, you know, they got they got slaughtered because they took their best shot. Uh, but the defense will be fine. They, they've come too far. They've worked too hard not to be fine. And I think offensively, they're Purdue's just in a groove right now. They're in a they're in a good spot uh, with O'Connell. 
yes, the running game needs to pick up. They need to get a little bit more out of there. But, you know, David Bell's making plays. Milton Wright made a bunch of plays today. Had a touchdown. Jackson Anthrop continues to uh, shine here in his sixth season, which I assume will be his final season. Um, and then, you know, Brock Thompson with a big grab today. And that was that was big because uh, he was limited this week in practice, so they didn't know if he was going to play or not. But uh, all in all, offensively, a good performance for Purdue. I think they were just shy of uh, 500 yards uh, of total offense. Uh, but, you know, the turnovers got them. Um, turnovers really hurt them today uh, in the short fields where Ohio State didn't have to go very far uh, hurt him as well so uh, but I you know I, 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 I do think this team will bounce back and be in good shape going into Northwestern assuming everyone is healthy that needs to be healthy and then the final game with Indiana so Purdue needs to Purdue now needs to finish with a two-game winning streak, get to a bowl game, um, and it would be a good bowl. It would be a good bowl. Um, yeah, this this loss today may may take out a New Year's Day bowl game, which I think would be fine um, because today's game reminded me of what happened at the Music City Bowl against Auburn, where Purdue was clearly. Uh, a step or two below that talent level, and it showed. And Purdue just got it, got its butt kicked, uh, rightfully so, by just a better a team that had better athletes. And Purdue just couldn't come up with an answer. You know, Purdue's better off uh, going to Vegas, going to New York, going to Phoenix, matching up with a team that. Um, from the Big 12 or the Pac-12 or the ACC, uh, one that's in there, they're kind of fighting weight. Yeah, you want to measure yourself against the, the, the SEC and see where you stand. I just don't know, based on what I saw today, and not that, that every SEC team is like Ohio State, but there's enough of them that have that kind of athletic ability across the board that would cause producer problems. You know, you know, I'm not saying that Purdue should go out and seek an easy matchup. I'm just saying, you know, fight in your weight class. And, you know, I think any of those three bowls that I mentioned would be in Purdue's weight class. Um, but there's probably part of Jeff Brom and this team that wants to measure itself against, you know, the best team it can. And that would be fine. Uh, but, you know, we've kind of seen that chapter. Uh, and Purdue needs to get back to that level. Purdue needs to get to that level. Uh, if it, if it's if it, if it in, in all honesty, Purdue needs to get to that level if it wants to ever win the Big Ten West because that's the kind of level it's gonna it's gonna take to win the Big Ten West. You're gonna have to have you're gonna have to be more athletic across the board. You know your defense is going to have to have more studs, more George Karloftis's. Uh And Ohio State did a good job taking him out of the equation today. Uh, they single blocked him a lot. Uh, you know, George, you know, just couldn't make the impact that he's had in other games. And I think that's, you know, in part because of Ohio State's offensive line. 
know, they did a good job of keeping him out, keeping him out of the backfield uh, because Stroud did not get sacked at all either. So what, what were they, the 30 or 52, 38 pass attempts? So about 80 pass attempts and no sacks? That's kind of unheard of. But George will bounce back. Everybody on the defense will bounce back. They'll be fine, I think. <laughs> I think they'll be fine. Because uh, I, I don't think I don't think this game will linger. I, I just don't. It's an easy one just to, to to put in the trash can and move on. And you you still got two games ahead of you that are important games that are winnable games that games you should win. Uh, and then you head into the postseason after that. All right. Well, we appreciate you uh, stopping by uh, for the latest as we uh, we travel the Ohio landscape uh, on this Saturday night Uh, so uh, we'll be back next week uh, to preview the Northwestern game and also try to preview the basketball tournament in Connecticut where Purdue will play North Carolina next Saturday and also on Sunday play either Villanova or Tennessee so we're going to try to put together a podcast preview for that. And we'll see if that can work out. We'll have a preview either way, but you know, maybe trying to line up somebody that uh, can talk about what, you know, the talk about that tournament, what, what it means and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, remember, Purdue basketball is a game Tuesday against Wright State. And though uh, that should be another win, so they should go into that tournament. 3-0. All right, again, appreciate you stopping by. Questions, comments, concerns, you know how to get a hold of me. Uh, I do have some email questions backed up that need to answer on this thing, and we'll get to those hopefully next week. Uh, and uh, But, that, you know, you're all encouraged to, uh, to have, if you have questions, to reach out and uh, see what uh, see what the answers would be. You may not like them, but you know, at least you get an answer. All righty, until next time. Uh, Have a good day.